Would you like to live a happier, healthier, and more fulfilled life? Cultures from all over our planet have been addressing that concern for thousands of years, and their answers can help you in your life today. Welcome to The Sweet Spot, where healing, spirituality, and culture meet. Join anthropologist and healer Robert Better as he introduces you to healing and spirituality in world cultures. Here's the host of your show, Robert Better. Hello, everybody in my listening family. I'm happy today to be spending some time with Soren Shrestha, a man who I met quite a few years ago now, and a really fascinating person. So Soren is uh, the author of a book that I have in front of me called How to Heal with Singing Bowls, Traditional Tibetan Healing Methods. And a fascinating man, I wanna tell you a little bit about him before we get started. Soren Shrestha was born in Nepal, about 45 miles southeast of Mount Everest in the village where he grew up. People were healed by herbalists, monks, and medicine men using shamans, drums, gongs, and mantras. He came to the United States as a teenager, later attending college, and received a BS in civil engineering. Noting the growing interest in alternative medicine in the U.S., Surin returned to Nepal to learn how to practice ancient healing techniques that use sound and vibration. Surin has given workshops and assisted clients with healing bowl work all over the United States. He is raising funds through his teaching to build Ama Orphanage School for Children in his native village and is donating all his proceeds from the sale of the book to the project. He lives in Boulder, Colorado with his wife and daughter. So Soren Shrestha, welcome. So nice to see you again. Thank you, Bob. Thank you very much. So I know that you just uh, finished up on a summit that you did. Tell us how that went. It went very well. Um, It was about, I would say, 40 minutes uh, interview. It was uh, wonderful. And um, um, yeah, it was my second year with the Shift uh, Network. Uh, I did it last year and um, and this year as well. And um, same interview, Alex Sims. Uh, and uh, yeah, he also lives in the Boulder. So <laughs> we had a nice chat. Yes. Well, some of our listeners might have even heard you on that. So um, uh, yes. they may be they may be hearing from you a second time, which is a wonderful thing. So Surin, I'd like to begin our segment today with a little bit of your background. If you could tell us a little bit about your life and how you came to healing. And I mean, if we use what we just heard in your bio as kind of a, a, an outline to go by, um, we wanna hear a little bit about what it was like growing up in the village that you grew up in first. Well, like you have mentioned, uh, Bob, um, I grew up uh, in a village called Kandabari. It's about 45 miles southeast of Mount Everest. Where I grew up at the time, um, there was, you know, no running water, no electricity, um, no hospital, no vehicles, meaning by no um, 
we only have a you know hiking route, <laughs> so no vehicles. So um, where where I grew up, uh, you know, um, even for drinking water, uh, you have to go, um, you know, the water stream or you know like uh, what you spring water, uh, uh, and then uh, take a shower there as well. Uh, even though it's a hilly side of mountain. Um, uh, in a hill also, you know, you get a spring water, which is really nice. Uh, and uh, for uh, for living there is uh, anything you do, even going to school, you go up and down the hill um, to go relatives, you go hiked. You, if you go to school, you go hike, you know. So it's it's a beautiful way to spend a time in nature. And uh, like uh, evening time, there is no... Um, you know, electricity like here, um, we would uh, candle the light, uh, um, uh, you know, light the candle uh, or a kerosene lantern used for the light or to study. And um, uh, li like I mentioned, um, uh, where I grew up was uh, there was no uh, hospital at that time. So people were, if they were sick, uh, you know, natural healers such as a shaman, Ayurvedic herbalist, um, lamas, biswas, some gurus would uh, come to help people to heal. Um, so, so growing up there um, is a very natural way, um, or, or you could call organic way of living. So that's how I uh, grew up. And, and uh, I came to U.S. when I was uh, um, meeting. I'm going to just stop you if you don't mind, sir. And I want to back up a little bit to that time that you were growing up. And I know from the bio, your bio that you returned at some point, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes. But I want to go back to that time in your childhood and growing up. And, you know, if you grow up in the United States... Um, in the course of growing up, you'll, you'll go to the doctor, you'll have checkups, you'll meet with different kinds of specialists. And I'm wondering if you could tell us what healthcare was like for you personally at that time that you grew up in this little village. Like what was, what was the first time that you saw any kind of what we could describe as a health specialist? Well, that's a very good question. Um, well, as far as uh, I remember, um, health specialist, there is no, like I said, uh, when I grew up, there was no hospital. So in a medical term, terminology, uh, if, the, if there were a tourist that has a medical background, and came along through our villages, uh, either to hike, to go to some mountain. There's a mountain, Makalu, it's called fifth highest mountain in the world. Uh, or in that region, they would bring some sort of a medical items. Like for example, because they were hiking, they had brought uh, a, a, a plaster, so one of the village boy broke his leg. So one of the um, uh, tourist doctor helped putting a plaster to boy's leg, you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, there is no um, specific medical uh, uh, personnel 
at the time. Because if there's a, a, some issue happen, either we would go, um, you know, Ayurvedic herbalist, um, or, you know, even, um, um, you know, like I said, shaman uh, with, the, uh, with the mantras and drumming and chanting, and, you know, like they would say some sort of a uh, herb they will give afterwards. Um, but my mother also came from a very deep, uh, my father and mother came from a very deep uh, spiritual uh, background. So um, even my mother would, like if I got sick, um, she would bring uh, raw rice in a plate. Um, she would bow to the rice with a rest fully. And she would, uh, through, through my crown chakra, which head, through all my chakras, she would touch through her hand, um, putting the rice on her hand, and, the, and then go all to the, my body. And then, and then through leg, with her prayer and chants, she would put another plate, that raw rice. Thinking intentionally, anything that I have, like if I have a fever, she would put that uh, rice, raw rice in her forehead saying, bowing down, respecting, and then putting over my body. And that rice will take the, all the negative energy away from me to the rice and put away. So she would do three times at the evening time. Can I stop uh, you for just a second? Because our, our listeners are not seeing you in the way that I am. Mm -hmm. So she, she would have a pinch of the raw rice, of the rice kernels between her fingertips. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. And then she would start at your top chakra and make her way down, yes. starting at the top of your head. Right. And making her way down. So top of the head, third eye, throat heart stopping at each of the chakras and when she did how long would she hold the pinch of rice at that spot oh, a few seconds uh-huh few seconds and then just uh going all the way down because meantime she would be you know chanting uh, saying mantras um intent you know like uh, uh through her uh in intuitionally and uh, uh and then um go all the way to feet and take it out and put in a different plate into plate. So that's a done deal because this rice took all the negative energy, you know, uh, and uh, she would do three times. And then, um, you know, I, I feel, uh, you know, um, already because of, you know, the care, the love from mother and then her prayer, I feel very ease, you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. And also, um, you know, because um, she, you know, like uh, if anything like severe happened uh, to any villagers, they would go to two-day walk to bigger city, okay? At that time, it's been uh, um, since uh, mid-90s to late 90s, um, there was a road was built, okay? Uh, and then there's a grass landing airport also at the time, but now they paved the uh, uh, landing airport, smaller, uh, small airport. Uh, so they would go bigger town to go to hospital. But, but if I get a headache, my mother would say, okay, your mind can also heal. She would say, you know, if you go to Ayurvedic doctor 
and they will give you our very you know uh, specialist healer they will give you some sort of uh, you know um, some ayurvedic pills and take every uh, uh, six hours and three days later you'll be well and my mother said just feel that you will be okay don't take that pill and think about three days later what's going to happen and it's power of our mind also does healing you know that's why i felt when she put the rice above me i just felt already power of mind healing it so the next day or a few days later i'm well with fever you know <laughs> so this is how i grew up um uh, being in a you know intuitively um or intentionally feeling saying i'm okay i'm fine and then also thinking that here's a mantra here's a uh, or chant here's a um, some sort of a, a you know tradition uh, way of doing it um, if there is something that she wouldn't be able to do she will bring the shaman in home so they will come do the healing you know and what would the shaman do like what kind was it hands on healing of some kind well um if uh, uh, it's it's a hands on healing also but it's a spiritual healing as well Mm -hmm. because uh, they will at the beginning they would do their ceremony they would do their prayers to their, their gods and goddesses their instruments their you know the, the way they wear it they have a its specific way of doing and their direction and the one the one they play the drum they they pray the drum also before playing it you know they respect each instrument what they are doing even wearing they pray for it and they bring the spirit into that drum you know on the pray it the spirit will be there and then they bring within their body as, as well so when they're uh, doing it uh, they shake their body because the spirit comes into their body and the, the way they drum, drum the way they shake their body it's not like human could do type you know wow <laughs> you know <laughs> so it's a, it's a, it's a very interesting and then uh, and then uh, they do bring some sort of a, a um, you know, like a forest leaf as well. Certain leaves, certain roots, they already know what it does. Like if there's a wound, like caught and it become a bigger and leg, they will bring these plants and, and you know, like a, make a paste. And then after doing all the ritual, they put that paste into that uh, wounded area. You know, so this is how um, they do healing. Yeah. So, so, so far, you know, in, in the, the, the different, healing techniques that you've described to me, I'm hearing three different traditions. And, you know, since our podcast is dedicated to spirituality and healing, I, I want to just explore this for a moment. So I'm gathering that in the Ayurvedic medicine that we're finding an influence from Hinduism, and I'm gathering in the, the specifics of um, the mantras and because of where you're located there, that we have an influence of Buddhism. And in the shamans, we have some sort of an indigenous spiritual system that, and that these things are sort of blended together in the community. Do I have that right? Yes. Well, it's a, well Nepal itself is a sandwich between two big cultures. 
uh, India and Tibet, you know. And then uh, we have uh, Hinduism and Buddhism. It's just a uh, mix, but especially in my village, um, you know, um, both tradition or culture are um, raised. Um, and then uh, there are both of them, you know, Hinduism and Buddhism, they're harmonically, they live and they practice their own way of uh, either um, uh, the way they eat or speak or, uh, or wear their uh, clothing. They have their own way of doing it, you know. But uh, uh, my village has adopted both of them very well. So I grew up in that uh, uh, tradition because, uh, 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 you know, like I said, you know, it's just a hiking everywhere. So the, my village is about um, about six plus day hike to Tibet border. Um, but within the border area, there are a lot of uh, Botia people are living. That means their last name is Botia. Bot means Tibet in Nepali. Botia means Tibetan. <laughs> so their last name is Tibetan. <laughs> there are many people in Nepal side live being their last name being. And then one of my friends, I asked him, um, uh, do you, even though your last name is Botia, means Tibetan, so when did your parents come in from Tibet? And they said, uh, you know, generation ago. But, uh, but we do have influenced uh, by refugee as well after 59, 1959. Um, there are many people have came to live in uh, Nepal side as well from Wonderful. Tibet. Mm -hmm. So you grew up, would, would you say that one, you grew up in one over, more than the other or just Hinduism and Buddhism just exist side by side without any conflict within your mind and within the community? It's a side by side, uh, a very harmonic way because uh, I um, have a best friends, uh, uh, you know, of course, Hindu, and uh, I have a best friends, uh, of, of course, Buddhist. Uh, um, so um, they would come to our temple. We would go to their stupa, you know. Their, uh, you know. So um, it's it's uh, um, molded together in a, such a way that even when I chant, sometimes I chant both cultures, you know. So it's uh, it's a beautiful way of uh, understanding, yeah. And what a beautiful way to, to grow up in that kind of an environment. Um, Soren, we're, we're making our way towards the end of this first session together. I was wondering if you could maybe give our listeners a, a little bit of an idea of the, the sound of the bowls. We haven't even talked about the bowls yet, which we will in more detail. But because that is what you're so well known for, I was wondering if maybe you could just give us a little taste of it during this session. Sure, sure. Um, well, this specific bowl is uh, presented to me by uh, my friend's uh, wife, actually, and her name is written here. Her name is uh, written uh, Madhavi, uh, you know, in, in translation in Sanskrit is evening. So, so this is beautiful, nice humming bowl.
May I add a few things when you have mentioned about, uh, um, you know, growing up in yeah. my tradition and, uh, well, um, I would like to add on in that subject, uh, you know, um, my parents are deeply rooted in a strong uh, tradition of, uh, um, you know, Hinduism. Uh, but, but as far as uh, their, uh, you know, practice, my parents wake up at 4 a.m. to go to uh, spring water, place to take a shower and, uh, uh, you know, with flashlight and then uh, coming home and they would sit in a puja room uh, ceremony, you know, like a puja prayer room and also meditation room you could call until 7 a.m. Um, this is everyday practice for them. Um, and as they uh, do every day like this, and I grew up uh, in a tradition like, and, I, and same thing had done by his parents, uh, and which is a, I know my grandparents' name, Jit Bahadur, and his dad's name, that's a great-grandfather, that's a Dilla Singh, and so forth, Bhaktuwaj is his parents. So it all came from this tradition by practicing uh, doing a puja. Um, so having rooted in a very deep into this culture for me, uh, coming here as well, I do every day and that practice, but I don't need to wake up 4 a.m. to go to uh, <laughs> you know, waterfalls to take a shower. <laughs> but, uh, but again, um, influenced by them with this tradition. My um, father, when you mentioned about, you know, the Hinduism and Buddhism, uh, mentioned all religion are same. Uh, as far as the, because of when we mentioned and talked about, um, uh, talked about how harmonically we would, li we would live in the village. Um, and he would say, you know, if you poke it in an arm here, you get blood. If you poke it in a thigh, you get blood. The source is same. And if you dig it here in, you know, USA, you get water under the ground here. And you, if you dig, dig it in uh, some hills of Nepal, and you get water. Water. So it's it's the thing that I grew up by parents saying it. You know, it's it's everything is the uh, same. And that's probably why I wanted to find more about it when I came in 18, um, in 1982 here. Uh, I bec uh, you know, like in uh, 82, I, I baptized as a Southern Baptist. So I just want to share that uh, because I, I have all the cultures, you know, um, rooted and I feel like I wanted to know more from here as well. But uh, keeping the root is also beautiful. Wonderful. Well, we have so much more to discuss, Soren. It's a pleasure completing our first session together. I know our listeners will look forward to our second session as well. So thank you, Soren. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. This has been Healing and Spirituality in World Cultures with Robert Vetter. Thanks for listening. Please rate, subscribe, and share with everyone you know who might benefit from these messages. Until next time, remember, be kind and loving to yourself and others. Together, we can heal ourselves and help build a better world. <laughs>